Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Weapons of Mass Discussion podcast. Glenn Snyder here. I'm back on the phone with me tonight, Dr. Corbett Average. A uh, lot of lot of things going on behind the scenes these days, so uh, that's, he's had to call in a couple times now, but uh, uh, it may have to a little bit in the future till we get some some things worked out. But he's got he's got big time things going on, so uh, yeah. good 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 things for for him. And one of them ain't sleep. <laughs> no, it's definitely not sleep. Yeah, my ass been awake since four o'clock this morning. So yeah, I'm, if I say something stupid tonight, everybody forgive me. Oh hell, we won't hold that against you. At least not not for too long anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, probably have. Yeah, I know you. If 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 the people ain't held uh, a lot of the stuff you said against you already, then you're probably in the clear. Yeah, it's probably true. But at least there, at least at least it was coherent. So I mean, you know, I was being a coherent asshole. So God Almighty. So. Again, we we can continue our conversation tonight, just as always, with uh, you know, from a from a. Sometimes we take different paths and and sort of different perspectives, but you know, it all kind of circles back around to self protection, uh, keeping yourself safe, uh, understanding the things in the world around you, and and tonight, uh, the topic of conversation uh, is going to be uh, surrounding empathy. Uh, you know, uh, oh God, the liberals use it, use it. Yeah, oh no, far from that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've pretty much proved that point. Uh, but you, oh you God, know, they're going soft. <laughs> you know, understanding empathy and, and, and using it, uh, strategically, uh, you know, empathy, uh, leading to a moral and strategic use and you know, to benefit you in your safety in, in the long run. So with further, without further ado, uh, you know, throw me what you got for tonight. We'll, we'll get this conversation kicked off. Well, you know, if I'm what got me to the point of talking about this, if if I if I told everybody, you'd never believe it. So I'm just not even going to go down that path. I mean, but it was a, you know, I've, this week uh, I've had you know an interesting week at work. So uh, and I was actually there was a an interesting thing I was involved with. It, you know, it, it probably would not be very you know professionally ethical if I even told everybody what it was. But it was this what got me thinking about this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, we look at empathy, uh, a, a, a very base level and probably grass, I guess, grassroots probably be the, the best term to use of, of a definition be, you know, is, is, is seeing the world through other people's eyes, understanding the world through the experiences of others. And then, you know, you've got the old classic definition of walking a mile in somebody else's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, you know, there's, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, it, it's, you know, that's an easy way to understand it. And, and, and honestly, I agree with it. Um, I think there's a little bit more to it as far as, as why we would want to empathize, not sympathize. Empathy and sympathy are not the same things. Right. You know, uh, you know, I, I would probably say that empathy is more along the line of a, of a, of a intellectual or a cognitive exercise versus sympathy, which is, more emotional. emotional yeah emotional you know i feel sad for somebody if something right. bad happens yeah. you know i mean you know if you have you know god forbid somebody has a parent or a, or a spouse that passes away you know it's 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 a way of you you know sharing their grief with them right and, and it, it you know you bear one another's burdens empathy can do that i believe and then something that we will look at here in a second of some research of a, of a, of a very well-renowned uh, social scientist I follow. It can do the same thing, but I think it's more along the lines of, of, of looking at it from a, from a 
intellectual or a, a mental or a cognitive perspective of behavior. Hmm. And one of them, and who I'm looking at when I look at these, you know, instead of just giving one rote definition, we I, I've gone through and, and I found the work of Dr. Paul Ekman. You've ever seen his work go to the Ekman Group, and he's a, a phenomenal researcher. He does a lot of work on, on human behavior specifically. He does a lot of work with um, as far as body language, okay, uh, micro expressions. Morally, and I know that's a loaded term because you know we're the first thing you know somebody is going to throw up. You know, well, moral. You're you're speaking from a religious perspective, and that's true. As a as a Christian, yes, I am speaking from a moral perspective, and and but I, I do I would throw out a, a a bone and a a point of agreement with with our atheist members of the audience, if there are any, and, and the people out there that you know we we can we can look at this morally as far as empathy is, you know, walking a mile in someone's shoes, but understanding the world through their perspective, mm-hmm. through their experience. Uh, through their understanding of the world. It's, it's interesting, Glenn, if you look at what's going on in the world, how you've got all these different factions in our society. You've got, you know, Black Lives Matter. You've got Antifa. You've got all the different right-wing, middle-of-the-road groups. And, I mean, the, the country is just shattered. Right. What's not happening is is empathy. We're, we're not, and, and we're and, and I'll, I'll take my lumps. I'm not guilty. I'm, I'm guilty of this as well is we probably are not looking at the world through others' others' experiences and, and being, you know, you know, practitioners of empathy because we simply don't want to. Yeah. It's something uh, that we look at that is repugnant and we simply don't want to. And it also kind of goes into the change because if you have to change to, to, to you know, to quote unquote walk a mile somebody else's shoes, you got to change the way you do things. And right. everybody fears change. So it's, you know, it, 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 that's, I think is one of the, the holdback factors and, and people not being able to look at something the other, the way other people look at it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you're exactly right. I, I agree with, with the change aspect of it. Change is going to happen regardless. I right. mean, there's nothing we can do to stop that. Yeah. The question is, is what does it look like on the other end of this? Mm-hmm. And what's happened is I think what what you just so adequately pointed out is, you know, I can understand it. It doesn't mean that I agree with it and it doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, enact those changes in in my life or my social sphere or accept them if they are, if they are enacted on a, on a grand scale, meaning, you know, national, social, whatever the case may be. Uh, kind of what led me into this this week is, is is the old common form of of or the common study of deviance. You know what we used to look at as abnormal behavior. Yeah, a lot uh, of, I, that's changed and huge amounts of change. Well, I'm not even sure you you know. And if you you know, I'm I'm all ears on this with you, or and, you know, and and by all means, anybody that's listening to us, what does that even mean now? I mean, so you know, much when, has been normalized, right? So, so is there even if is what was normal twenty years ago deviant now? 
or is there any or have we gone so far down a a a hole of trying to understand one another and being tolerant because i do think tolerance a lot of times does play into the to the practice of empathy but that's a totally not a totally different discussion what we're talking about mm-hmm. um have we lost a a our moral compass have we lost a basic understanding of of or have we lost touch with reality right so, i think in a lot of ways yeah you know so but with empathy with what dr ekman talked about he was he gave us three definitions or, or three you know paradigms of what empathy looks like and the first one he talked about was cognitive and he said it was simply knowing how the other person feels and what they might be thinking sometimes it's called perspective taking so this might be where you and I have a, we're teaching a class and we have a couple matters and, and I'm not picking on these folks. It's just, you know, right now in our country, this is what's at the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's say that we have a couple folks that are active or, or sympathetic or supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement and they, we bring up something and they tell us their thoughts, their emotions, their feelings, their experiences on, a, on something maybe related to, to violence. Mm-hmm. And, we listen, we, we take it in, and we try to adopt as best we can those views or understand those views based on how they've presented them from their view of the world. Mm-hmm. What's long, interesting— As long as it's presented in a, in a manner that's not condescending. True, true. Yeah, and, and then, you, like I said, you know, because then you start— you, you This is a razor, razor-thin edge we walk because— yeah. I have found over the past probably it's been more so in the last three years, but especially over the last five to ten that that is it's becoming increasingly difficult for people to express themselves on 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 their on their past experiences and their and their beliefs on on any number of of topics on how they can do that without interjecting you know a, a just a a a grandiose amount of emotion where it almost becomes caustic to the to the conversation yeah yeah uh and when you're talking about things like violence uh rape uh pedophilia that's where this gets interesting because you're 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 taking something that that anybody would you know as far as like you know sexual assault rape pedophilia especially that is you know by any stretch of the imagination an aberrant behavior but we're out now asked to be look to be looking at it is okay. Let's let's understand the world from this person's perspective. Mm. You know, if you're a clinician, if you're a criminal investigator, if you're a security specialist, mm. if you're a, a you know a, a researcher, whatever the case may be, and you have to sit down with a person of, of a you know somebody if he if he had made it uh, like Jeffrey Epstein. And try to understand the world from their perspective. I'm I'm not really sure that that is even possible because your morality is going to get in the way. Yeah. I know mine would. Because in our our mind, our worldview, those things are absolutely horrid and wrong. And there, there's no in my mind, there's not a justification for it. And so it would be really hard to try to somebody try to explain that one away, knowing that it's just wrong. 
you know, I don't know if you saw the news story today, but we you know we're talking about protecting ourselves from you know sexual predators. The um, one of the at leading advocates of of the drag queen story hour, I saw was, that was arrested on charges of, of yeah. child pornography. Yeah, I saw that. Sooner or later, you have to come to a realization that what you look at, what you are looking at, what you're witnessing, it is what it is. And that, and that's not a political statement. That, that that's you know, you, you make of that what you will. What I call it is, is just brutal truth. Of when when you're preaching a a, and it could be heterosexuality, whatever the case may be. But when you're when you're taking adult behaviors and you're trying to normalize them with children, I look at motive. Mm. You know, I, I could halfway understand if, if, if you know, if this was the, the drag time cigar smoking hour and you're trying to, to you know, do this and attract men to a certain activity or lifestyle. I certainly don't understand it, but that's beside the point. Right. But when you're doing this with children, I begin to look at motive. And... I think we could probably all argue that when these things take place, it's only a matter of time before that motive will expose itself. No pun intended. Right. The second one that Dr. Ekman talked about was, was emotional empathy. And it's when you feel physically along with the other person as though their emotions were contagious. Hmm. So now you start to see that he's talking specifically about emotions. We've gone from, what does this mean in my life? What does this, how does this, does this experience impact me or how does it define me? I think we would probably be very short sighted if we, if we don't say that we're a sum of our, some of our experiences. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly am. Absolutely. Um, you know, me and you had a, a very interesting and probably human, if most people had heard it, probably thought we had lost our minds, but of a humorous relate uh, conversation we had this week. I'm suddenly like, you know, what I'm doing now, I'm not supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and it's not anything illegal, but just what well, it was supposed to be in the cards. It was not supposed to happen. Right. You know, somebody, you know, a certain group of people thought that they had, had permanently kicked my ass. <laughs> yeah. Newsflash assholes. Yeah. I'm back. Didn't realize who they was dealing with. <laughs> right. You know, and I was just, it, it, that's, you know, that part of my emotion, it was when I'm sitting here, when that thought you know, just crossed my mind, you know, thank God I was by myself because I, I you know, <laughs> I audibly laughed. And, uh, you know, but when you're looking at that and, and you, you're trying not only understand what, what makes this person tick, what makes this person behave the way they do, what makes them see the world from a, from a frame of reference we have to almost adopt according to this, this definition, that emotional content alongside of the experience and the, and the cognitive stance that they see the world through. Right. You know, it's, it's, for example, if you look back from a self defense, a self defense perspective, some of the women we've worked with who have been raped. Yeah. It, as best we can, we have to look at the world and understand her anger, her fear, yeah, 
her possible damage to her self-esteem, her self-worth. Um, you know, some women I've 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 dealt have expressed guilt, and I and I and honestly, I can't fathom that. You know, no woman alive deserves it. Right. You know, it, you know, I think it may arise from a fact of how do they put themselves in that position? They probably, in some ways, transfer a lot of the blame on themselves, and I, and I don't think that's warranted. Right. But you also have to look at it according to what we're looking at tonight is. We have to accept their feelings as, as valid and real because that's what they experience. Yeah. So it can be difficult. The final one that he talks about is very interesting where he talks about the compassionate part of empathy where with this kind of empathy, we not only understand a person's predicament and feel them, but we are spontaneously moved to help them. Hmm. So we've ta- we've taken this whole big package of understanding how this person feels, how they have made sense of this. I think that's kind of dangerous when you start looking at how, how somebody can take something very traumatic or very you know, something that has defined not only them but perhaps maybe even in generations of of, of their community, their family. And you try to make sense of that. I'm not sure that that based on whatever the criteria of the discussion is, that you can do that. I'll give you an example, and 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 I firmly believe this. You know, over the past couple of years, I've been tracing my genealogy. Mm-hmm. I am in. I can fully understand if I were a a. You know, taking somebody our age, a 48 year old black male in this country that wanted to find out where his roots came from. I could understand, I could understand how that would, why, number one, why you would want to know because I did. Right. But then you, you would also have to take a step back and understand how frustrating and how lonely and how defeated that can make you feel. If you had no ties to that, to that past. Right. You know, the the political and the historical and the cultural parts of it, that, that for this part of it, I'm talking about getting down to a a human-on-human interaction. I can understand that. That would be a very, very part of a, a, a big hole in your life, a big, you know, something that is a void. Mm-hmm. Totally understandable. You know now what comes along with all the political and the social upheaval with it. You know now that's 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 a that's a different color. I'm I'm talking about from a basic human perspective. Yeah, I can I can fully understand it, and and I, I think that anybody, you know, any African American, you know, male or female that wants to understand where they came from, have, would have every right to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Where it comes difficult though is then do you take on that rage? Do you take on that? that feeling of despair do you take on no the loneliness and it's interesting when you talk about that because when you start crossing racial lines i was watching something the other night and this person said you know this this very affluent white person said what can i do and then the and the and the, and the black lady that's talked says we don't need a white savior yeah 
And I found that to be profound because the, what I found was, in my opinion, both of them were right. You know, the white person probably with, with the best of intentions through empathy and, and, and trying to understand wanted to help. Mm-hmm. The black person had taken ownership of their feelings and and and, and t- had taken ownership of the problem and wanted to solve it. Right, uh, just take off and go with it. Right, you know. So I can understand both sides of that. Right. So that's where you start going from a moral perspective, I believe, of, of just on basic human behavior and basic human emotions of understanding what does this what does this mean to this person? You know, what does it mean for a person who is you know, I'm probably going to strike a nerve here, but something I've been talking to a couple of my buddies that I, I served with in the military of knowing that you've served 20 years of your life in a bullshit war that has done nothing but cost us trillions of dollars and thousands of lives, and we've got nothing to show for it. That's a hard pill to swallow. It is. Yeah. You know, and now you've got all this political upheaval and now you've got the, 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 the generation of the military now that is coming behind my generation that are basically being used as political tools. How do you find honor that? Right. Those are very uncomfortable things that people have to face now. You know, I can almost, now that I've been removed from that part of my life, I can almost halfway understand how the Vietnam vets feel. You know, theirs happened a whole lot quicker. Yeah. But now that you look back and I, I look back on my time in the military and I, I, you know, with what's happened in the last 20 years, I think we, you know, we had every right to respond the way we did in Afghanistan. I think we had every right to defend our country. The rest of it, was a squandered opportunity. Yeah. So what that leads you to from the moral perspective is the strategic. So how do we use empathy, understanding the perspectives of another to use that to understand a person who may do us harm? Know that enemy. Know the enemy. Sun Tzu. Yep. If y'all are hearing something, it's raining like cats and dogs here. Oh, you're getting it now, huh? We got it a little oh. bit ago. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm out here. I'm, I'm. I've got a tin roof, so if you if, if you're hearing it, yeah, we the rain's coming down here in North Carolina. Ooh, yeah, it was bad earlier, man. But uh, I looked at this, so Glenn, and I'm talking about empathy from a strategic perspective. You know how we develop self protection strategies, how we develop possibly security strategies when we're working with clients. Because I think when you have to look at empathy and you look at human behavior, where are some of our experiences? Um, I think that whatever happens to us, good, bad, or indifferent in our lives, it keeps compounding and compounding and compounding until we finally, at one day, we are able to go out like Buddha and sit down on a rock and gain enlightenment. And we say, hmm, this is what this means, and this is what this is how I am able to define myself based on what I believe, mm-hmm. where I come from, and what's happened to me. And that's not a moral judgment. That is a that is just basically looking at the human experience. Right. What have but you lived? Happened, right. 
What's interesting about those, how that applies to, to people who are predators, criminals, and, and, and overall malcontents. What makes this person tick? You know, some of the people that you've seen that I, that I work with and, and correspond with to understand them. This is a very daunting task because with some of them, there's no way that I could ever understand where they're coming from. It's just not possible because of the level of depravity that they live in. Mm-hmm. Um, by understanding the worldviews of others, it allows us to understand the motives of their behavior. You know, there's a there's a pretty nasty word that goes along with this called profiling. Yeah, but that is an absolutely necessary component to understand others. But... Alongside of that, though, you have to ask a question of, can you use empathy as a tool for prediction of future behavior? I'll ask you that. I think so, absolutely. And I think the reason being is, if you look, if you, okay, you take an individual, and let me try to paint a picture. Somebody you encounter out, you know, out and about during the day, and you, the, their mannerisms, the way they act, and you guys, well, why is this person acting this way? Why is this person responding to me this way? Um, some, and that's where you start getting a little man on the shoulder, talk, talking back to you. You know, why is this person reacting to me this way? You know, I'm, I'm being very polite. You know, and why are they being such an ass? Why are they being very, being very forward, forward with me? Have they had a bad day? Um, are they, you know, are you just generally an asshole? Are they meaning me? Are they meaning me harm? You know, um, just we use all, and I kind of maybe this is not, you let me know if this is a good example or not. Um, I, we like to use the local gas station around here as a, as an example because, uh, we've actually had people I know have actually been assaulted at these particular chain of gas stations. <laughs> and, you know, so you're, you're there, you're pumping gas. And you see, you see something going on a couple stalls over, and you know you, you kind of just peek at it. You're not getting involved, but you're listening to the city. You're listening to what's going, you're seeing what's going on, and somebody turns their attention towards you. Now, I'm not in their business. I don't understand what they got going on. I don't, you know, we don't know what you know, what what feelings are going on. What trip this? Did the woman, you know, was she cheating on him? You know, we don't know what we don't, you know, are they on drugs? You don't know what's going on with this person, and. and and again, you only have a split second to sort of kind of get into that mindset of you know, what's this person's intentions? What are they thinking? Where are we getting ready to go here? I mean, it happens really fast. You don't have, you know, days, months, years to profile this person. You have to profile them instantly. So, uh, you know, what, what's getting ready to happen? How am I going to handle? How am I going to deal with this person based on their, the information that they're giving me? You know, the state of mind they're in. How can I, can I talk this person down? Can I, can I reason with this person? Can I deescalate this? Or am I going to have to turn on, you know, turn on the juice? Does that, does that make, am, am, am I, does that kind of explain what you're kind of Absol- looking for? Absolutely. Because what, what I'm looking at here is, and this, and this may be very difficult uh, because number one, you have to assume that you're going to have this information about a person. I was further reminded of this day because I was doing some research on a, a, a self-defense protocol or it's, it's a, it's widely used in a certain industrial segment of our society. 
and it made several assumptions. One of them was that you knew what conflict would be a result of. Hmm. You know, where it be, it might be um, unmet or unmet expectations or unresolved emotions in their life. It might be, uh, you know, a, a vast majority of this was based on the past experience. Yeah. It's very difficult as you and I teach our courses, you know, you know, with a, with a women's group or with a, with a, with a corporate entity or with uh, a church group, whatever the case may be. And it's just like you just now pointed out at, at a certain, maybe a certain business. You may have, you know, best case scenario minutes more likely than not, it's going to be seconds or even milliseconds to make these judgments on how you defend yourself. Yeah. You're not going to have that information. You may have it after the fact and it may lead into an understanding of, of why this happened, but it's not going to be able to, to understand, you know, in those circumstances, how to stop it. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's where a lot of, you know, when, when you're developing courses and you're developing protocols, this has to become a building block, block process. Mm-hmm. We look at why would somebody attack somebody at a gas pump? Right. Why would somebody engage in a, a, a physical altercation with their significant other? You know, and you can't say man, wife anymore. I mean, cause that doesn't mean anything, obviously, but just say their significant other. Why would they engage in a physical altercation or assault a person, mm-hmm. you know, in front of God and the whole world? Yeah. You know, how does that, how do those things manifest themselves and how do you teach your students, number one, respond to that, but recognize it? And that's, a, and again, I think a lot of that with, with, with training um, and, under, and, and trying to learn how to read people, how to understand, again, going back to what you were saying earlier, but the, the gentleman, you know, doing a study on, on uh, uh, body, manual, on mannerisms. Physical, uh, physical reactions, um, understanding body language, that sort of thing. I think that's it's it, it's paramount because without that type of information, it's going to be really hard to make those those split second decisions. So that that training and that I mean that that study, um, you know, not, not everything's punching and kicking. You know, you've got to, you've got deep dive study and how to how to read and understand people. And if you can and, read and understand and kind of maybe you know again in order to be able to de-escalate. You know, you take a take a, a crisis negotiator, hostage negotiator, whatever the case may be. You know, they have to, in a very short period of time, get into this. You know, try to get inside this person's head and understand what's making them tick to find out what they want and what it's going to take to stop whatever's going on at that point in time. Right. And so I think it's, it's sort of the same thing, maybe on a different level. If you're dealing with spinal, you're just dealing with some thug on the street or some guy that's because you don't know this guy could have had a bad day. He could be on drugs, whatever, whatever the case may be. But understanding how to read people in order to communicate with people in hopes that it doesn't get physical. Well, you know, and, and you, I'm glad you brought that up because it's you know when you talk about reading people because this is something else that I I, I jotted down in my notes here when I was preparing for tonight is all behavior observable you know if we've got a listener that lives in you know i don't know and i don't know that we do but let's just use this say maybe chicago and and, and all the problems that they're experiencing right now mm-hmm. has has that level of, of behavior become so normalized 
that number one, you can't use empathy as a strategic ta- as, a, as a strategy anymore because it's so commonplace. They're numb to it, right? So now we just have gone to to we've reverted back to something almost like a, a primal behavior or a primal recognition of behaviors. And what you see is basically coming to the surface where empathy no longer becomes useful. This is where this gets so tricky. It goes back to what you said earlier when you were talking about deviant behavior and how, you know, do we even recognize that these days because things have become so normalized. If you live in that environment and you're around certain types of people all the time, it becomes normalized and you don't recognize it as being bad or being out of place. Which you know sort of obstructs obstructs the view, and <laughs> I guess is a way of saying it. Right. You know, I think you know to put a big bow on all this because this is this can be a very difficult thing to understand. I'm and and because honestly, you know, and full disclosure for everybody listening tonight, I'm still working my way through this. I mean, we're learning this alongside of you because I'm a firm believer that. The best way to learn something is to teach it. Yeah. Because you're going to take people who maybe have not given as much thought about this as we have, or, you know, who knows? There may be somebody out there, you know, listening to us that's got, you know, several master's degrees and a PhD that, that is completely related to this. Yeah. We all learn from one another. But the main focus of this is, you know, we're taking something that we're, we're just, you know, to me, knowledge without understanding and, and, and application, okay, it's great. But it's a wasted opportunity. Yeah. And my that's just my opinion is, you know, I, I don't think there's any knowledge that that is wasted, but, but just for the sake of, of obtaining it. But what value does it bring to your life if you're not putting it to some good use? To better, not to better yourself or those around you. And you know, all the things I'm into and I study on, uh, they make me money. (laughs) Well, of course, you know, I put them to use. I mean, I love them. They, they're the things that interest me. And I, and I spend tons and tons of time studying and and, and trial and error and all that sort of thing. Uh, and at the end of the day, it, it benefits me. You know, um, I, I think that's a means to an end is if you get a benefit from it, that's, that's the plus. You know, um, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I'm kind of, you know, not having the technical and the, you know, the, the scientific skill you have. I'm more of a, of a person, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the naked guy sitting on the rock thinking, um, like that old stone sculpture, the thinker. Yeah. The thinker <laughs> or the stinker. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, well, yeah. The real, I heard the real sculpture. He is actually on a commode, but, uh, but to to advance our societies, to advance our communities. I mean, and honestly, I'm on, I'm gonna be honest with everybody on this. I don't know that the way our society is now. I don't know that we survive what we're seeing right now as as, as a cohesive unit. You know, I'm not so sure that you won't have to see people. You know, you know, in different parts of the, of the country and and possibly even different parts of the world. Mm. I'm not so sure that the maps you're seeing right now are going to be the same in ten or twenty years. Yeah, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to go out on them and say that that a lot of the of the social institutions and even even communities that are just on a on a community level 
will be the same in, in, in 5, 10, 20 years. I, I, I certainly don't believe that. But people have gotten so divided and so separated in, in the way they think and, and the way they act and the way they, they go, you know, it, it, they don't want to mix with other people that don't think their way. You well, know, they, you know, can't ha- they can't have a, a civil conversation, you know, whether it be right, wrong, or indifferent. But, you know, Glenn, let's think about this, and, I, and I, I would challenge everybody to think about this listening to us tonight. Has the inability to understand the points of views of others, you know, either on an individual level or, or, or a community level or on, 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 a, on, a, on a larger scale, has the rejection of empathy become a protective measure in itself hmm. where we've recognized that on a, on an interpersonal level or as a, a you, know, you know, community or, or, you know, regional social, whatever the case may be. And, and I'm going to tell you straight, I, I'm, I'm probably guilty of this, that we've recognized that we're not going to get along. We'd, we're not going to understand one another. And it's probably best that we just move along and, and, and stay away from one another. You know, you can understand each other. I mean, and, and by doing that, by rejecting empathy, we've we've given a de facto nod to empathy saying, I understand how they feel. I just reject it. Hmm. It's time to move along. Yeah. Could that be where we are as, as a civilization? And I would probably say yes. Because if you look down and go to the basic unit of a society, which is a family, we have over the last stats I looked at, Glenn, is the, the divorce rate in this country was over 52%. Oh, wow. More people divorcing than staying married. Right. There was a, there's a specific county in our, in our home state here in North Carolina. It, it is an urban county that the average expectancy of a new marriage five years ago was six months oh my god nationally they said that any marriage that survived seven years was not only abnormal as far as what the what the expectations were but if it made it seven years that the chances of divorce on what they plummeted hmm. seven years wow you know, so you and I are safe. I'm safe. I'm, this well, is my I'm 25th not married, year. I'm, you know, I'm not married 20. to Glenn. Yeah, now I'm <laughs> me, and, me, and, me and straight up, you know, just me and Glenn are married to separate women. Yeah, me but, and my wife, we've been married. This is our 25th year, so we've made but, it over that hump. Exactly. You know, but when you look at that, you look at that as normal. But has that part of our, our society begun to unravel? And now if you've got two people, if, if, if we're looking now that it is now more normal to see two people separate, but we're expected as a cohesive whole, and that could be uh, your community, it could be your city, it could be your state, it could be the United States of, of by God, America. Mm-hmm. If we can no longer empathize with one another, one another but, we, but we have normalized the process of divorce, then how do you expect to understand and see the worldview of 330 million people and say we're indivisible. It's completely divisible. I mean, that that is just that's insanity. Patently, that's patently absurd. Yeah. You know, so 
this goes, you know, when you're looking at empathy from a moral perspective, I think that's that's something that you could take these three definitions, and that's something you could you could study, you know, to your heart's content on your own. But how do you take that process of empathy? How do you take that practice and look at it from, you know, a a, a standpoint of of looking at a certain subset of adversaries? It could be, you know. You know, if you're a police officer and you're studying 1% motorcycle groups, mm-hmm. you want to get inside their head. You want to get inside their hearts. I, 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 I'm almost reluctant to ever say that anymore, saying, well, you got to get inside his head. Well, then you're taking the emotional content out of this. Mm. The, that becomes very problematic when you're dealing with somebody who's got a psychopathic personality. Right. I mean... You know, you want to get inside the head of Michael Myers. That's not going to work out very well for you when he has absolutely no compunction of sticking a butcher knife in your chest. Right. It's it's just like uh, anybody. I, I challenge anybody to go out and watch on on YouTube the, the Iceman tapes. What Richard? Right. What's Klaklinski? Is that was that his name? Yes. And you know, the interview on this guy, and he is just going through. There, there's no remorse. There's no. It's just blankness. Uh, how, how do you know? How do you how do you get in somebody like that's head? You don't. <laughs> well, the, the gentleman that I write to, oh yeah, that would have mopped the floor with Kuklinski. Yes. Uh, that that's where I'm looking at this is because this is not a zero sum game, and it's not and, and and it's not a black and white issue as far as either you have empathy or you don't, or or you can understand this person or not. I'm not sure that, you know, that we have gone far enough down that rabbit hole, you know, either as as an individual or collective or, or everybody out there listening to us to be able to say, yes, I can use the process of empathy to understand an adversary or, or my enemy, and that's going to better protect me. I, that that is, a, that is an ongoing process, and it, and, and it just does not end that quickly. It is a starting block. Mm-hmm. Because if you're able to understand someone, somebody like a, a Kuklinski, which, you know, if you ever look into that case, you know, obviously it's something that the world can do without. Absolutely. But you're able to understand those experiences. You know, you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to say that you're able to understand the, the, the thought process and the emotional content or the, or the moral compass of a person if they would have one. But you are able to understand their world through their behavior. Mm-hmm. How they operate, how they function. Yes, absolutely. And that's telling that, 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 that are telltale signs of how to pick out, you know, pick out, you know, through certain behaviors, how to pick you know, out, you know, somebody's going to react in a certain way. You know, to close on that, to, to close on that, Glenn, you know, looking at how understanding the world through another's, you know, beliefs or their, their experiences, I'm going to let a cat out of the bag if I've, if I've not talked about this a lot before, but in martial arts, you hear a lot of instructors come out and say, you know, you know, fighting or martial arts is, is, is a game of chess. Mm. I don't agree with that. I, I reject that philosophy because it, to, to equate violence or, or, or a, you know, a fight either for sport or for, you know, life or death as a game of chess makes several assumptions. You got a chessboard, 
you know how the game operates. Mm-hmm. You can see all his pieces. You can see he can see yours. You can see his move. You can you can guess his next move. Let's just be honest about this. That that's that's fantasy. It's not reality whatsoever. No, it's not. I will say this over the past year, from a strategic and a and an understanding of of the unknowns of violence. If you want to look at an outside, you know undertaking such as chess something that has helped me understand martial arts more is learning to play poker Hmm. you have to learn the tales you have to learn the odds of of what are my next cards going to be what are the next cards likely going to be that 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 my opponent gets you've got to learn to read your opponent right you've got to you know you've got to read yourself you know, how, how, you know, if, if I am severely, you know, if I've got a just lousy hand and there's a possibility he's got a royal flush or, you know, a better hand, let's not go a royal flush because he, if he knows that, there's no way in hell you're going to beat him then. Mm-hmm. But just a slightly better hand than you. How do I convince him or her to give up? Mm. That process, by focusing on a game that has probability and unknowns and a lot of manipulation, if you take those principles and then apply them to empathy where I understand this about this person, now how do I use what I know and what I don't know to not only protect myself, but to negate that threat? That's where I'm going with it. I like it. Damn, that's good stuff, man. I didn't know he was into that one tonight. I didn't know how deep that one was going to go, but that was that's very insightful. Yeah, it's it's a lot of this. I, I was talking to a, a colleague and a friend of mine the other day, and you know, this is this is aside from MOD, and he's he's in a different, totally different pursuit professionally than than we are, but he's he is a martial artist, and. It was interesting to look at how he utilized own his own experience, his own profession, his own life's experience, and then he piled that into his training. And that's how he framed his reference to understanding, okay, this is how I protect myself and my family. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near what I believe, but it works for him. Yeah. It, it, this is... I, I, Anybody who tells you there's a cookie cutter or a universal approach to, to to protecting yourself or understanding criminal behavior, they're full you know, of shit. This person fits a profile. <laughs> yeah, it's used car salesman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got the gold chains and the bracelets on. <laughs> you know, it's you know. When I got my PhD, I had to learn. I had to just to get my degree. I had to go through the quantitative parts of of. of of data analysis, numbers, statistics. How do you quantify human behavior? How do you quantify the human experience? How do you quantify how a person of a different race or a different sexual orientation or a different nationality or someone who has been abused as a child versus somebody who has not? Right. How do you quantify that? I, I'm not. I don't know. I, I don't not, know how you would do that. I, I, but well, there's uh, you you 
basically just said, you agree with me because I'm not sure that you can. You can tell me how prevalent it is. Yeah. But how then do I take that information and go to a person who, you know, one of our subscribers on our, our on our channel and go to this person and say, okay, this happened X number of times, but this is how we make sense of it. Yeah, this okay. is how we use it to your benefit and make generalities out of specifics. Uh, That's where empathy comes from is we're going to take, we're, we're going to have to make very general broad sweeping statements out of very, very distinct experiences. That's empathy from a self defense or a self protection perspective. Right. And it definitely, and that's again, that's again, like with any other skill, it's a skill you have to work on. It's a skill you have to put into practice. Absolutely. Uh, if not, forget it. You're not, you're never going, you're never going to get it. So dude, damn good podcast tonight. I liked it. That, that was, uh, that was really good. It's been gnawing at me this week. Uh, like I said, I've been, I've been having to get up about four o'clock every morning this week for, for work. And it's just, it's just, it's, I'm like, all right, there's something here. Let's just go ahead and put it out there. Let everybody chew on it. You know, hopefully everybody out there will, will, will look at this. It's, this is one of those discussions I will say that's probably very disjointed. It may be a little hard for some people to follow, and that's not an insult. It's just, where is this going? Yeah. But that's kind of my teaching style, you know, and, and of all people, you know this. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, I may go in and, and, you know, we'll go into a course and I, we'll have a pretty good idea what's getting ready to happen, but I go with the feel of the class. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Who's your I'll audience? Be, yes. You know, I'll go in with a, a, a very general topic, and based on what I see and what feedback I get, you know, we, we're going to California from North Carolina. How we get there is, is God knows who, how that's going to happen. And that's so true, because how many times have we, we started, you know, we'll start in on a class or seminar, and, you know, we'll kind of do the little walk by and it's like, okay, we, let's change that up. Uh, this is yeah. not the place or we need to add this in. We need to do that. I mean, because you change on the fly based on your audience, based right. on the reaction you're getting. Obviously, if somebody is sharing experiences, you know, there's things you, know, you have to on the fly understand these people and make those adjustments. You know, and, and uh, it's called pedagogy, teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, understanding you know, because that, that's the danger of, you know, for all of you who have never done a podcast or, or, or done YouTube or whatever the case may be, number one, you got to have thick skin because you, there's this just is not going to appeal to everybody. Right. The topic, the, the presentation, whatever the case may be. And I am glad every one of you are here and you're the reason we're putting this out. For those of you who are not here, Number one, you're not going to hear this, so here, here's just a very bold <laughs> statement. I don't care that you don't like it because you're not here to hear it. Right. I'm going to focus my, my thoughts and, 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 and the things that you know, I'm an expert at for those people who are willing to hear it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to try to sell things to people who don't want to buy them. That's right. That, that's just that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, not here to but, force. For, I'm not here to you know, force anything into your ears. Right. So, having said that, you know, I will admit that my teaching style and my and my style of presentation is unorthodox. It is, but it's effective. But it's effective because you know, if you go away from this, you know, 
any of our, our listeners in Russia or, or the UK or, or, or here in the States. The general thing that when I'm teaching, I want you to take away is I want you to get one thing from it. And, you know, if you go away and you try to remember everything we said, you're going to get lost and you're going to get, you're going to get frustrated. Right. I want you to take one thing away from this and take it and build on it. Any adequate teacher will tell, I mean, because we're going to throw a lot of things at you. But when Glenn teaches you something, when he puts out an idea at the beginning of the podcast or, you know, when I'm running my mouth, I want you to take one thing we say and put it in your toolbox. But then it's up to you to go and find out what that idea means and how you can use it to better yourself. That's what we're doing here. And I, and I really, and based on the feedback that we have, I think that's, it seems to be, be resonating. So that's, that, that's a feeling of gratification and that's yeah. where we want to be. That's where we want to go and we'll be with it. So I, I would rather have two students or two listeners on YouTube or two listeners on the podcast that are firmly committed to bettering themselves and are, are firmly to taking what we offer and using it to their benefit. You might not agree with everything. That's cool. Right. I'm 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 perfectly fine with that. But you took the idea and you used it to better yourself. Right. I'll take two people that are serious about that over the other ninety eight who are just casual observers and don't really care one way or another. I'll take those two people any day of the week. Yep, absolutely. And those are the guys. I'm pointing at the camera right now. You guys are the ones we're talking to. Yeah. So uh, good stuff, man. Uh, that's great. Uh, good, good thought process. You know, good. Get to get people's uh, wheels turning. And uh, I hope you guys out there get get something out of this. That's the point. We say it every week. That's why we're here. Share information, and everybody grows and gets better together. But uh, until until next time, I think that's all we got for tonight. We'll wrap this one up. You guys, please make sure you hit that like, subscribe, notification bell. I'm making sure that I point to the upper corner now since I know your picture's going to be in the way. Normally, I've been pointing to the bottom, so i got to get my my orientation right here. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone here. Hold on. Use what picture? Uh, you got you got like some picture like the old George Costanza, you know, where he's sitting in his underwear or something. <laughs> You done uh, beat up you gotta, my face on that. You got to no. watch this week's podcast to find no, out. Boy, okay, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't let him preview it before I post it. <laughs> Folks, I'm not held responsible. I'm going to make it public. I am not going to be held responsible for what may happen uh, from here on out. Uh, I'll be nice. I'll be no, nice. I'll be, yeah. I'll be, okay. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want the beat down. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, you got a lot of people listening to this, and you be careful what you're saying. Oh, Lord. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys listen. Again, please take all this to heart. Study up on it. And uh, until next time, you guys be safe. We'll see y'all later, and hopefully next week it won't be raining cats and dogs here because now it stopped. <laughs> I never heard it. It never came through the mic, so you did. Well, I had one finger in my ear. <laughs> oh, Lord. You guys be good. We'll talk to you later. We'll see y'all later.